beautiful this morning. Um, as we walked in, the first thing was, holy Jesus, it's really, really cold. But the more we gather, the, the warmer it gets. And it's true. Amen. Yeah, it's so good to be here. I'm looking at all your faces. You guys are all so beautiful. Mm, you're all so precious. Yeah, you're the apple of his eye. Yeah, we just want to bless you this morning. Yeah, and ha happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, last week we saw that on, on, on the TV and then on, the, on the Facebook that it had a, you had a celebration here. And about uh, the news that, uh, yes, the Lord is providing you for the, well, providing us for the church. We're really and, excited. Yeah, yeah. And it is exciting. And then uh, this, again this morning when, um, yes, very high, <laughs> sure. Uh, sharing about uh, there's there were down to four buildings and it's uh, just the Lord is just opening doors and is this uh, directing you exactly where it needs to go, where it will make the most impact on the people around us, and in areas that you, that needs to hear the word of God. Amen. So it is such a privilege to be here and it's such an honor for us to be here and just to share our testimony of what the Lord has done over the years and it's um, uh, catch a fire here in Winnipeg is not. Uh, uh, new to us because we remember going back uh, maybe th four or five years ago the first meeting they had catch the fire here uh, with Trevor and there was John Arnott and it wasn't some kind of it was just a school it was the first time there were um, people were gathering and and uh, starting the church catch a fire here in Winnipeg and we and uh, for many years over the last years we've been here a few times that's why some of them some of you are not uh, unknown, we've seen faces, but names, we still have a hard time with names. <laughs> and, uh, but it is such a privilege to be here. Mm. Yeah. And um, we've uh, catch the fire, or actually is, uh, is um, un not unknown since 94. We've been to, uh, it used to be called the uh, Vineyard Church, it used to be called at Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship t t Church, and now it's called the Catch the Fire. So it's uh, We've been around the Catch a Fire since 1994, so uh, it's been a, we've seen quite a few changes and it, it was such an encouragement for us. So what we'd like to do this morning is we'd like to share a testimony of what the Lord has done. And we want to take you through a journey that the Lord has taken us, um, share things that the Lord has done with us, in us, and through us, and share things that the Lord has doing again and, and He's providing and He's making things ahead of us. So it's amazing to see serving God. So we'd, so we'd like to invite you to, on your journey with us and to just share. Yeah. Well, we were both um, born in Quebec. Our parents, are, all our relatives were in Quebec and our parents moved to Ontario. Both of our parents moved uh, in Ontario and we were raised Catholic. So we knew, we didn't know anything about the Bible. We just knew what the priest would tell us. Um, so, the first time I heard about Jesus, I was 20 years old. Um, the first time I held the Bible in my hands, I, I, I was 20 years old. My sister had gone uh, to Ottawa when, when she was 16, so she came back. Um, she, she went to college and everything, and when she came back, one time she said, uh, somebody's been talking in the office about Jesus, how he loves you and everything, and she says, you know what, I accepted him. And she was talking about Jesus, and the more she talked about Jesus, the more she cried, and, 
and I was looking at her, and we were all looking at her, and we, 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 we were listening to what she was saying, but it, it wasn't really registering, you know? So when she left the room, I told my mom, I said, she, you know, Carol, is, is, she's really sick. I think she's in a depression or something because she's talking about that Jesus. But she had brought cassettes with her, and when she left, we started listening to those cassettes, my sister and I. My other sister, the, the, the youngest of our sisters, and um, our hearts were really tenderized to who Jesus was. And for the first time, I heard that Jesus had died on the cross for me. And uh, my heart just melted, and I accepted him. And um, actually, that summer, our whole family came to the Lord. My mom, my dad, we were five five kids. We all came to the Lord, and it was an amazing summer. Uh, God showed up. He showed up in our home. Uh, it was uh, really um, such a spiritual experience because one time we were in bed, uh, my sister and I, and she says, do, do you know, Yvonne, that the Holy Spirit is here? And I said, now, what do you mean? She says, I see a ball. See, it's right at the corner. Do, do, do you see it? And it was shiny. And I said, no, I don't see it. She says, it's coming towards you. And I, like we were in bed, and we could feel like it was like a warm presence, but we, like I never saw the ball. All I saw was I looked up, and it was like snow was coming down from the ceiling, and it was like shiny snow. And instead of falling beside me or anything, it was falling, it was coming into me. So I started to shake, and I shook, I shook, I shook. We woke up my mom, and we went upstairs in, in, in the living room, and I just shook, but it was just such a sweet shaking because I felt his presence all night long. It was so awesome. And um, the three days following that, I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink. I was so full, so full of his presence. It was so awesome. I, I never uh, smoked after that. I was cussing. I stopped, I stopped cussing. Um, it was like, it was a total change, a total changeover. And I never looked back. I, I, I actually felt like there was like maybe 50 pounds coming off my shoulders. I felt so free. It was so awesome. So it was an upright after that. So awesome. Yeah, that's, that was her family, but my family was totally different. Like we haven't, we're um, totally um, atheist believing, not believing in God at all. Like uh, we never, nobody goes to that. Like I, I'm the oldest of six at home and uh, nobody goes to church. Even still now, six, like uh, 60, 60 years later and they still don't go to church. Nobody believes in God. So this was the, the kind of family I was raised. And my family raised us like, you need a good job, and you make money. That's a big thing. And the rest is, is uh, no good. And um, believing in God, it was just a crutch for people that needed someone to, to hear, to be a, a shoulder to cry on. That, that's, what, that's how we always raised. And, it's, and, uh, and this all took place before we got married. And uh, so we got married. In the fall. In the we, fall. We, we all accepted the Lord in the summer. We, we had finished college, yeah. and we, I, I accepted the Lord in the, in the summer, and then we got married in the fall. Yeah, yeah. so I was not a Christian then, so, uh, and it took me four years before I became a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> it 
took a lot of patience from her because I didn't need God. I was a hockey player, playing hockey, had friends. Uh, I didn't want to lose that because once you become a Christian, you have to give everything up because it's, only all, it's all about don'ts. <laughs> and it was, it was so hard for me to do that. And, and especially when... When we were sitting, I remember one time, we were sitting on the couch and, uh, at, her, at her parents, and um, her sister says, uh, I was sitting there, says, Cole, there's, this, there's, a, there's a, like a disco ball over your head that's coming down on you. I was so scared. <laughs> I says, no way. My eyes turned black. I says, no way. I don't want to do that. Because the reason I didn't want to accept the Lord was, I don't know, behind my head, I don't know, behind my conscience or what I, I, I don't know. It was there. I was really afraid that God would call me to go out and, and preach in front of people. And I didn't want that. That was, I thought, that thing was one of the reasons that was I didn't want to accept Lord in my life. Because he would ask me to do that. And I was scared. But it came one day that... Uh, four years later that I did accept the Lord. But it took a lot of stuff to, in our lives. And I gave her a hard time playing hockey, dragging me in place in hotels and wherever, name it. But she was there all the time just praying for me and, and pounding. But it came to a place one time when I opened my Bible. She says, read the Bible. So I opened the Bible. And there was a verse there that says, I hardened the hearts of those I want and I softened the hearts of those I want. Because I heard of the preaching from her and the word and about God, about God, I came to a point that I was so scared that I was beyond the point that I was going to be able to accept the Lord in my life. Because I said, if the Lord hardens my heart to a point that I cannot accept Him, then I was so then fear got a hold of me, and I, God. Then that night I gave my heart to the Lord to a. Uh, a movie called uh, The Cross and a Switchblade <laughs> at a school. And that was the night I gave my heart to the Lord. And, uh, and ever, since, ever since then, it's been a, a, a beautiful ride, if we can say. It's, it's, um, we're trying to um, cramp in 40 years of, uh, uh, of connecting with God in, in a few minutes. But uh, we're trying to get some of the points of highlights in our lives that really struck us and made some changes and that was, was a big change for us and the thing is once because of the Christian because when we became Christian because of my family what it did it created I don't know it, it I became ashamed to the rest of my family because I was believing God and trusting God and and trusting in the word and it was a shame, but for her family, it was it was an honor and it was a privilege and it was a, it was a gain for us uh, to come together as a couple and learning on. So for the many many years and still now, it still is uh, being a Christian is still a, a shameful for the rest of my family. So it is like so. But as the years go by, we got married and we fought four years. We've been married and we wanted children, and we couldn't have any children. And it was. Very hard for her, for Yvonne. For many times, they had friends that was pregnant and she yeah. was not getting pregnant. That's right. Hey? Mm -hmm. So what we did is we learned, we, uh, like anybody else, went to the doctors 
and uh, got, I got operations. And um, the doctor said, well, sorry, it doesn't work because my sperm count was too low and all kinds of stuff happening. And, and uh, so we said, okay, let's, uh, if we can't have any kids, let's go into missions and let's go do something for the Lord. But the Lord had something else. And it was on a, on a Sunday night at a Pentecostal church and a little church that we used to go to, a uh, church of 35 way back in in 1970, 1980, uh, 82. Uh, and uh, that night, we, uh, we went in front of Ivan, and the, the, the pastor was a really conservative young guy. He prayed for us. He says, you know what? I think, I think the Lord has healed you. I feel that something, there's something that took place. And we found out a month later she was pregnant. <laughs> um, that was, these are things that you cannot forget. Okay. Because I remember we, uh, I, I was in labor and the doctor came to see me. He says, so, so you're the lady with the miracle child, eh? And I said, yes, because it, because it was impossible according to the tests. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's just wondering, he says, why am I following the Lord? Why, am I, why did I give my life to the Lord? And when I look back, this, uh, this is, we've got... Um, Two little boys, two little boys, sorry, <laughs> two bigger boys. <laughs> uh, and uh, they married two beautiful ladies, uh, so we're, uh, it's awesome. So we're okay. so grateful. Yeah. So because God came in the picture, we didn't know and why, why and all that. And, but God has a, a way to bring us to places that he needs, he needs to speak to us and, and to reveal himself to us. Because we didn't know what was going on, and, but God has something, has beautiful plans for us. So that's why we, uh, we walk day by day, and it's beautiful. So, so now we have uh, two beautiful kids, and uh, they're growing up, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as, as time goes by, as we, uh, we, uh, we changed church, we went to a, a different church, and uh, to help my, my brother-in-law to do a church there. And uh, it's a small town called Smootwalk Falls. And we, so we, we, there, we, uh, in 1994, he heard from uh, the grapevine, or was, there was something crazy happening in Toronto. So in 1994, so uh, the there was myself, um, my brother-in-law, uh, Eric was only 11 years old, <laughs> and um, another guy from the church who went down to Toronto to see what was happening, and it was quite the thing, quite the sight to see because there was it's a total break outbreak of the Holy Spirit. My eyes were not big enough to see what was going on. We couldn't uh, figure out what was going on, so we were walking and watching. So we went back the next day. We watch again, and we're and we're seeing uh, things that the, the Spirit was doing, like. He was shaking our world, actually. He was shaking what we believed in because we were so religious because we raised our kids with a lot of do's and don'ts. <laughs> More don'ts than do. <laughs> yes, we actually, actually, I'm just going to put a side note on there. We raised them so religious. And I remember often they would stand by the door and before they, they would leave to go somewhere, I would tell them, hey, Eric, you know who you represent. <laughs> So to make sure that everything was in line, that they wouldn't go off, like, yeah. So we were, yeah. So he probably had to go for healing for that. 
<laughs> oh, there was, uh, but the thing is, we didn't know better. We knew all about what was not God, and we were the first generation of God, hearing God, and knowing God, and we were discovering God in a way that we never did before. And we were trying to live the, um, our lives uh, so, where the word says, we do. And as much as we could understand it was, but we didn't, we tried and we did our best, I guess. And I don't think there was a gray in our vocabulary. It was either black or white. So we went with black <laughs> yeah, or white. Yeah. So then the Turner burn was really, really our, <laughs> that was really us. So we were, we, so when we countered the, 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 the renewal in Toronto, it was it really shook our world. It shook our, what we believed, we shook what uh, we were standing on, it shook the, the religious aspect in our lives, but it took many, many, many years to, to, to take that big root out. But it's, it was so sh shaking that we, um, we couldn't deny the fact that it was God moving there. And um, so when we, we came back to the little small town that we lived in, uh, th there was a, an outbreak of the Holy Spirit in the, in the church. So, so many times uh, we lived about 50 miles, 50, 30 miles away, 50 kilometers away. She had to drive because I was so drunk in the spirit that uh, I couldn't make it. I would have been pulled over and have a fine or name it, it would happen. But this, but this was the reality that it came. In the, and, and what happened is the whole church got, in, got into it. Got, got filled in, uh, the Holy Spirit. And um, so we have been there for a little while, and um, we're both working in the mill, and um, the pastor left, and the, uh, the church was there, and we were on the board, and um, we were asked to, to take over the church. And we said, no way, how can we, how can I uh, come up with a, a message every Sunday? <laughs> Oof, that was a challenge. Yeah, no, and, and the other thing too, we had planned our retirement. Like we had, we, 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 we had seen a, a financial advisor and he had checked our books and he says you have to make so much to retire, you know, and if you want to go on missions, you need this and this and this. So we wanted to, to be able to support a pastor, to be there for the pastor, but we weren't uh, right away, like we said, no, because like for us, it was not what, what was in, in our hearts to do, you know. And, but God just changed that, you know. God, like we prayed about it, prayed about it. And we really felt like I felt like, like God was really squeezing me because uh, I had a very good job like, like uh, in, in, in a paper mill. And God was asking me to lay it down just, 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 to, just to quit. And um, after many prayers, like I felt, okay, God. You know, so I'm going to lay it down. So, so, what, so what we did is uh, I worked at the church full time and Claude worked half time. Yeah. So, um, so this is how we went about it. Yes. So during that time, we were able to bring, uh, as when we were pastoring there, because the Lord works in different, different funny ways. Eh? Like we don't know exactly what is up is up his sleeve. And uh, we ended up as pastoring a church, which was, which way before that and never wanted to preach in front of people so God has a different ways of seeing things it's funny how he does things but it was so funny like we did uh, uh, because of the new renewal we were able to, uh, to 
bring the whole, practically helped the whole church down in Toronto. And people were uh, blasted by the Holy Spirit, changed by the Holy Spirit. We came back up. Uh, uh, we did the school of ministry, uh, both of us and our kids. And our daughter-in-laws did the same thing. Uh, I think five or six people from the church went down to do a school of ministry in Toronto. That was amazing to see what was happening. And just to see God moving in that area and just moving and changing us and molding us and preparing us for things that, what's, he's preparing us for things to do later. And it's amazing to see that happening. So God, and during that time we were called to, uh, after a little while we were called to go to a, we had a phone call from a, a pastor in, in, in Winkler. So it seems like our time was getting over in, in Smooth Rock Falls. Like we, had, we, had, we had to do a move. And we came to Winkler for about three years. And uh, it's amazing what uh, God does. And he, he, he touches us. He molds us. He prepares us. But there's things in our hearts and our lives that needs to come out in the surface. And, we're, and we, we don't know sometimes. We don't know ourselves. And that was an experience that we had. And... Um, in Winkler, we were there for about three years. We were asked as associate pastor there. And that was one of the, our biggest things that took place in our lives, um, that God led us. We say God brought us there because he wanted to deal with things and our issues in our lives and who we are. Because he had, he had a bigger plan for our lives. He had something else for us. But, but we didn't know. Because sometimes all we see is a, as far as your nose. And um, you pray, you pray, Lord, Lord, and... And uh, we say, Lord, that our lives, when we said it way back at the beginning, says, Lord, I give you my life. So, so if I gave my life, the Lord is not mine to do with it whatever he, I want with it. It's his to do his plan in, in, and according to his will, what he wants us to do. So we had to, uh, we had to remind ourselves a few times about that. And uh, because... One of the verses that we had lived our lives according to that was, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all in his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. And <clears throat> that's the way it should go. But a lot of times uh, we say, well, we, we, take, we take that verse and we reverse it. We do it ourselves. We try to fix things. And we think, well, we're, we're doing all right, Lord, we're, uh, or we're, we're a little bit of trouble. We're praying, God, God, do this. Then, then we see God. <laughs> it's the other way around sometimes that we do. But the Lord wants us to seek him first, the kingdom of God. Seek him first in all things that we do. And believe that he has his best interest at heart for us. And, we, and it's, it's the hardest thing sometimes to do when you're going. When it's going good, it's so easy to believe. But when it's going bad... And when things, the, the carpet's been pulled under your feet, and it's pretty hard to, to, to say, Lord, I'm seeking you first, and I'm believing you, and you, know, you have my best interest at heart. And then it's hard sometimes. So, so after three years, we had to leave. And um, there's a few things that the Lord wanted to show us. Um, how, we, how we are, and, uh, and um, I don't know, as pastors, before, it was so easy to say, well, forgive. All you got to do is forgive. So easy to forgive. Just do it. It's so easy. But uh, we learned that we didn't know how to forgive very much. And the Lord had brought us that and showed us that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
I know Yvonne worked with that too, and he says how much she had to work with that, mm -hmm. how to forgive. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that, that was one of the biggest things that we had to deal with, how to forgive, and, and we needed to forgive. And it was hard, difficult, but we had two choices to do. And um, because we went, um, uh, well, I want to talk about the ministry that we did in, 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 uh, in, in Stratford, where we learned that. Well, w what happened is when we left um, Winkler, we went back to Northern Ontario. So Claude went back to work at the mill. Um, and what happened is we were trying to, we, we had been hurt in, in Winkler, so we were trying to deal with it. We were trying to deal with the best we could. And um, we, we prayed a lot. We asked, we went to see different pastors who had gone through the same things, but when they were sharing their experiences, it seemed like they were still hurt too. So we, we'd come back home and say, like, I want to get rid of that, for, rid of that thing, you know? Like, uh, I'm, mm. I'm tired of feeling that thing inside that I can't, I, I, it's, it's there, you know? Like, you, some, sometimes you, we, we can just put a lid on it and, and we pretend it's not there. But it was there. We couldn't get, get away with it. So we went on a mission trip. We, we left for a month. And during that month, we ministered every day like we we were ministering to people every day mm. but when we were ministering there was that that glitch inside like i felt okay like like we're, we're ministering and it's all good but i'm not a hundred percent free you know like i felt like my my spirit was limping it's just like i i wanted to get free of whatever you know like you you forgive and you read the bible and you read the bible and you look at all the videos and sometimes it's you know, it's, it's, it was tiring. You know, I would wake up at night. I would, you know, be anxious. I had anxiety. Uh, I would wake up crying sometimes. You know, like it was, it was um, uh, trauma. And um, I, I really had a hard time with it. So we went on that mission trip and we, we ministered. And God showed us there. Um, that he was still in control. Mm -hmm. No matter, you know, how I felt, he was still in control. There, th there was a lady there that gave us a prophecy, and she said that the Lord had already prepared a brand new patch of land for us, that he knew what he, we had gone through, and that we had passed the test, and that God had super nice plans for us, but that's just in, in, in my terms there. But God was in control of our life. So we came back home, and we didn't understand what it was like. <laughs> Look at her age. We're just yeah. <laughs> but the Lord had something beautiful. Yeah. So, so we came back, and at one point, Eric and Lindsay had said, um, uh, did you hear about restoring the foundations? So we said, well, that, like a little bit, because we, we, we had bought a book, like a big, thick book, but it was kind, kind of thick, and we had scanned over it, but we didn't really read it. So we started reading it a little bit, and then we made calls. And um, we, we registered to, to go to an RTF uh, ministry that yep. was in Stratford, about 12, a 12-hour 12 drive from our house. So we decided to go. Let's go. So we went. We, we spent a week there. And uh, we got rid of when, when they ministered to us. Um, we had a lot of shame. We had a lot of fear. You know, um, 
And we had control. We, we were trying to control our situations. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you have shame, you become afraid that people will find out what happened to you. So you try to control the situations. So when people would ask us, why are you back in, in Northern Ontario? We would make up stories because we were ashamed, mm -hmm. because we, we, we were hurt. And we realized that not too many people want to be in control. We know that now. It's, it, it's not the majority of people that want to be in control. It's just that people are hurt. People are hurt. People are in pain. And this is what they do. They control the situation so nobody will find out that they're in pain. So we found out we had a lot of shame. And um, we had a lot of fear. A lot of fear, yeah. So a lot of insecurities because of what we went through. And um, we felt bad. We felt... Uh, uh, yeah. useless, we felt that, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is, the Lord had a plan for us, and it was so important, yeah. and because we went back to the prophecy that we had about two years ahead of time, and uh, we've seen the Lord is just starting to put that into place, yeah. that God is making a place that we, opening doors that we never thought it would open, mm -hmm. and it's amazing to see that, the, what the Lord can do. Yes, and we had developed some ungodly beliefs. Ungodly beliefs is anything that's, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. See, God says we're created in His image. But after that had happened to us, we had some beliefs about ourselves. Like maybe we're not good. Maybe, maybe we didn't do this. Maybe we should have done this. I mean, and we, we kind of condemned ourselves. So those, those were ungodly beliefs. And even more than that, we had, we, we had created false identities about ourselves. Like... I'm no good anymore, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I failed, I'm a failure, you know, like, we, we had developed that, but God mm. wanted to show us that he can heal us, and he did heal us, and we, we saw victories during that week, and it was, it was just awesome. Yeah, it was just, uh, day after day was totally different changes in our lives, uh, things that we never saw in ourselves that uh, we, was revealed by the Holy Spirit, which just came to a uh, just like uh, the light was turned on. Uh, it's, it's funny, this morning, I was, uh, while we were praying at home, just, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to show us? And, and, and I had a, a picture of, uh, of a cornfield this morning. And um, all the corns, uh, how do you call them? Uh, stalks. Yeah, they're, they're all there. They were, the, the field was full. And all, like, some of the corns, um, corn thing or had a stock had like three or four or five of them on each on each one of them and the thing is the Lord was showing me this morning that what's inside is the precious thing and um, what we were doing in the, in the uh, thorough format where the the, the, the uh, RTF that we went through uh, th that week the, like the Lord was doing us is taking that corn or that stock and removing and peeling it day by day until there was none left, and we could, all we could see was the corn on the cob, which was the, the important part, the precious part, the useful part. So that's, Lord, this is, this is what the Lord wants us for us to, to be. He wants us to be used by him, but he wants us without junk that we carry. He wants us to peel things on our lives that are, that are holding us back. Like, like one was shame about shame, unforgiveness, uh, like uh, some controls. He's taking, he was taking bit by bit, he was 
putting me naked in front of him to be used by him. So I was say, Lord, this is what we need as a, as a church. Uh, Lord, make us real. Make us in, uh, uh, real for one another. Mm-hmm. There's a verse that I, like, that I like to read, and I'll have to put maybe my glasses on that one there. And it's, it's found in, in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. He says, For you have been called to live in freedom, not in freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but in freedom to serve one another in love. Amen. Lord, help us to live in that freedom that we're able to love people the way they are and, and, and with, uh, with an honest heart, with a, a, a good heart, a, a heart that is free so that, we, that we're not holding anything back. Amen? Hallelujah. So th- these are things that, that took place in our lives while we're there. And there are more than many things, and we continue to do things. And it's, um, we have tools now to work with them. Um, we've seen uh, sitting on the couch doing things together uh, because we have to either confess or to re- repent of things that we, we carry on and we put on ourselves with like a false responsibility that we put on ourselves underneath a, a heavy yoke. But the Lord wants us to be free. He wants us to, to be free in him, to free to be ourselves. It's free to walk in the ways that he has called us to, do, to, to be, to free in, a, 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 in the path that he has chosen because he has chosen path. He has a trail for us. But That's sometimes right. we don't see those things. But if, if we're willing, our heart is willing to do that, he's going to walk you through. Amen? It's exciting. Like, for us, it's been 40 years now that we've been serving the Lord and, uh, and loving each other, <laughs> too. And, and, it's, uh, and, and these are just small things that the Lord took place. And, and big things, big benchmark things in our lives that change the course of our lives. And what I like the most is that God knows best. He's in control. As we put our trust in him and believe in him, what he has in store for us, it seems like it, it takes the weight of us. But he wants his, us, his people to be free, open, and, um, yeah, free, to walk in that freedom that he ha- we have. It is amazing to see when things are real because he wants us to be real. Mm-hmm. If you read um, Psalm 143, it, we see David. That's right. He's calling out to God, and he's raw. He's real in front of God. He's pouring his guts. He's telling exactly how he feels and what is going on, and God hears him. So it gives us the right, us too, to cry on to him and to be open and to be free in front of him. We don't have to be uh, behind a curtain. He wants us to be real. And to be real is to be free in him. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, While while we're here, I had a, uh, I'm I'm walking on water now. There's somebody that has a, a, right behind the ear, uh, I've been having a nagging pain ever since there, right behind the ear that's, uh, I don't know if it's here. You have a nagging right behind here. The Lord wants to heal you, brother. He wants to touch you. He revealed that and just say, Lord, just bless his heart. And just thank you for that. And we just thank you for that healing, oh God. Oh, thank you, Father. Mm. Oh, God. We just give you the glory and honor. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, God is calling us to walk into that freedom. And um, 
it's up to us what we want to do. He wants us to call us to, to get ready for the, the harvest, to get ready for the people. Because I'm not sure about what was said in, in Toronto with the... Um, oh! <laughs> there was a good word from Carol Arnott just, just the last night, just before we left to come back. And, and what I did is I, I listened to it, I typed it on my computer, and then I sent it to my three sisters. <coughs> and it, uh, just before you say, before that, um, last year, one of her prayer oh. was, I want to share that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last year, well, actually, in 97, um, we were, uh, we had brought mom and dad to the conference in Toronto. My parents don't speak a word of English. But during those days, they had those, uh, those translators. Anyways, they had come, and they were with us, and they were blessed. And my dream was to see my whole family come to Toronto, my brothers-in-law and with their wives. And 20-some years later, last year, my four sisters were there with their husbands, and my sisters were Christians, but my, there was um, one brother-in-law that had never been in a, an environment like that. And my other brother-in-law, uh, he was going to church, but he was very conservative. Anyways, the whole family was there. So last year, my dream came true, and my whole family came to Toronto, and they all received. So it was... It was just, you know, sometimes we, and I never mentioned that to anybody. You know, sometimes we have wishes that we, it's between us and God, you know. We just say, oh, I just wish, you know, that they, that they would come. And, Lord, this would be my dream come true if my whole family would benefit from the Holy Spirit, you know. And, anyways, they all came. And again this year, they all came too. <laughs> and, and they came back this year. Yeah. Amen. Mm. Um. That was the prophecy uh, from Carol Arnott from sa last Saturday. And it said, um, Lord, that, that, that was a prayer, but um, it was good. Lord, I ask right now that your sword would come, the sword of the Lord. Lord, I cut those eaglets free. I cut them free from envy. I cut them free from jealousy. I cut them free from insecurity. I cut them free to fly. And she swung the sword. Like she had a, uh, an imaginary sword and she just swung it. For the Lord would say, I am getting you ready. Do you understand? Do you really understand? We cannot afford division. We cannot afford envy. We cannot afford jealousy. We have a king who loves us. We have a king. His name is Jesus, and he is victorious. And as we are walking into these days of revival, these days of a million souls harvest, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Lord is saying tonight, will you take up my holiness, my righteousness, my integrity? Will you be lovers that pay the price, that love the unlovely? We have a big king that is full of love.
but his eyes are a flame of fire, and he has, he has been pouring out his love and his compassion and healing our hearts and setting us free. Will you follow him? Will you have eyes for only him? We have such a mighty work to do and so little time to do it. He's calling you. When you leave this property, you're no longer weak, gossipy, envious, full of jealousy, full of comparison. You are lovers of the king. You are warriors of the king, clothed in his glory. And he's telling you tonight, like he's telling us this morning, come and follow me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So he's calling us to walk in his freedom. He's calling us to do his work. Amen. He's calling us to get him to know him more. Amen.